So, great big cheery hello to everyone. Welcome to New Church Live. It's great to have you here no matter where you're joining us from or what time of week you're joining us. I am Senior Pastor Chuck Blair, and it is wonderful to have you as part of our congregation this morning. So, a few quick things, and then we're going to hop right into it. One is we want to say a big welcome to the world, to Laith. Laith is joining us from out in Phoenix, Arizona. So welcome to the world, buddy. It's great to have you here. And a shout out as well to the Bryants, who also are welcoming another new addition down there in Baltimore, Maryland. So great to have you folks joining us this morning and being part of our New Church Live congregation. The last little quick announcement I have before our first song is that, again, we're trying to figure out new ways to build community. And we've had a lot of success with a lot of different things. And we want to keep on evolving. To do that, we have a book study, The Art of Gathering. We will send you the book for free. All you need to do is to leave your name and address in the comment section on, on Facebook or on live stream. Angela will make sure to get you a book. Or you can text me, and I'll make sure to get you a book. And then we're going to have a conversation around what is the art of gathering, and how do we do it in this new age, in this new time, in this new era. So with that, folks, the musicians are going to come out. It is wonderful to have you joining us here at New Church Live. We've got a very inspiring service ahead for you today. And again, a final welcome. Welcome to New Church Live. We are so glad you are joining us this morning. So fine, look and dry your eyes. We are tired of the darkness in our lives. We're no more angry. To say can come alive, get into a car and drive. Can 
dress in pink and blue just like a child In a yellow taxi turn to me and smile We'll be there in just a while If you follow me Thank you guys. So again, great big good morning. good morning. Wonderful to have you folks joining us today. And, and wherever you're joining us from, it's just great to have you here today. And, and today, we want to try something a little different. I want to try sort of a rolling conversation. So what that means is that please put a chat, if you're interested in sharing a thought, you can put that on live stream or Facebook Live. Our wonderful, our wonderful moderators from out of Michigan will be, will be there helping with the comments, somebody shepherd the comments, you're all going to put a comment on there. And you're welcome to text me as well throughout the service at 215-740-3662. That's 215-740-3662. Because, because today, we're, we're, there's a number of places where I thought like, oh, this would be the question to ask. And then, oh, this would be the, and oh, this would be the, so we're just going to have a bunch of questions. And if one of them sort of appeals to you as something you'd like to answer, I want to warmly invite you to do that. So, so this series, this series is, is, has been fun to plan. You know, it's the idea that there's two of me, there's two of you, and there's two of us. That for any of us, for any of us, there are oftentimes two separate personalities almost that show up. There's a personality that sits in church beautifully on a beautiful fall day at 10.35, and it's just all at peace, and here's this beautiful song by Ethan, and then there's the other part that's in traffic in, on I-95. And those are two very different people. I mean, the same person, obviously. But that idea that there, there are sort of, we sort of have this both and all the time going on. And how is it that we can hold that Knowing I don't know that we ever get rid of that, but how can we hold it in a way that helps us to grow moving forward? I like this little New Yorker cartoon. Uh, it's totally silly, but I like it. The two alligators knitting away. Don't let anyone see how much we enjoy knitting. Uh, you know, that idea that we all have sort of these subterranean things we like doing, good and bad, and and, and, you know, we, we, look, we project one thing, but there's something else going on underneath, I think, is very, very true. And, and boy, do we see that as well any time we're talking about tables. What are all the voices at the table? Literally, what are all the voices at the table? And I want to just offer to you, again, that's where you can text me in and answer and just, or, or put it on there, and John and Carmen will be, be helping you respond to that, put it on Facebook live or on, on, on our live stream page. And that idea of like, wow, you know, what are the voices at the table? You know, I, I think back to this, to this past weekend, and this past weekend was super fun. On Sunday after church, I got to go over and do a baptism for a beautiful family who had come the whole way up from Cape May Courthouse to get baptized. That was wonderful. It's, it's the joy of kind of having an, an online congregation in this day and age is, is that kind of stuff is possible, and it's super fun, and I'd never met this beautiful family. 
But here's the truth to it, folks, getting with this idea, what are all the voices at the table? So, so the, first, the first thing, like, and I'm the pastor, right? Everybody knows me. And, 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 and I walk in, and I'm, I'm, I still go back to eighth grade, junior high school, at Knock, Knock Middle School in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania, and I'm wondering, do I belong? Is anybody going to sit with me? Is anybody going to chat with me? How am I going to make do? Do any of you struggle with that as well? Like that consistent, that consistent repetition that we're always caught in eighth grade. And, and that's that voice at the table in, in my head. And it's, and it's kind of like this crazy voice. And I have another voice that looks at this beautiful baby, Matt, and this beautiful mom, Brittany, who decided to get baptized with her son, and this beautiful dad, Matt Sr., and dear friends, and just thinks, this is so good. This is so precious. 35 people celebrating and blessing this beautiful little family on their journey forward. And then the other part of me wonders, where am I going to sit? You know, that, that part, I think, is so true, right? Where we have this, this both and to our personalities. And, and we have to think, well, what are all those voices at the table? What does it look like? And, and with those voices, folks, we, we, we both have those voice, you know, in terms of with others. But then we also have a whole table in our head. A whole committee. A whole committee that's, that's rendering all its judgments on something in particular. So, so there's all these voices going on at the same time. And how is it that we just breathe and get like, oh yeah, that's part of it too. It's, it's fascinating again, and I'm thinking back to some of the small groups that we're blessed to have here at New Church Live. And part of it is this, is this wonderful conversation we have around those voices. And you realize that all of us have them. All of us struggle with so many of these different things. And as we struggle with that, with the voice about with other people, how we're going to interact, and this voice in our head that's a whole big committee that is formed, it's interesting to see how Jesus held that. Because for Jesus, the whole idea of table fellowship was critically important. It was not about an altar. It was about a table. And it was about a table as a sacred place. And I think a lot of the time, you know, we do a, a kid's service every morning, super brief little kid's service every morning. And I was telling the kids this morning, it's, it's kind of like this, what I think God is asking us to do, he's asking us to say, okay, I want you to really celebrate your family dinners, your, your connection here. And then I want to see you keep on bumping it out. And it's this idea that the table's supposed to just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. This is the context for that that I'm going to be reading you here. And this is, this is from, from Luke chapter 5. And it's, it's beautiful with how it, it starts here in, in Luke chapter 5. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. So I just want to stop there for a second, right? So, so Jesus, we say it all the time. It's worthy of repeating all the time. 
Jesus does not one time command us to worship him. His command is always to follow him. His command is always to follow him. And it's always following him into more connection. Always. So we keep on going with the story here. And by the way, the, the tax collectors, were, they, were, they were considered the deeply corrupt ones at this time. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. So here Jesus says, follow me. And, and, and Levi is so excited about it. He's so excited about being included in this, in this, in this wonderful sort of ministry. He decides he's going to have a big banquet for Jesus. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. Now, the tax collectors, again, this is like the most corrupt people imaginable from that time. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? So here, these other people, the clergy at the time, were looking at, at this banquet, and they're like, He's eating with the wrong people. He's chatting with the wrong people. It's these ideas of these crazy vectors of purity where somehow these people who were impure were going to infect Jesus and, 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 and infect religion, and, and you just you couldn't have that. That has all kinds of implications, folks. All kinds of implications for our lives. And then it goes on to say, Jesus answered, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, now the beautiful part of that is I read that. I'm not exactly sure who Jesus is talking to there. <laughs> he might be saying, like, look, the people who are at these tables having this banquet, we're all hanging out. He may be saying, actually, you know what? They're the ones who get it. And those of you questioning who belongs at the table, you're the ones who don't. I mean, it's a legitimate reading of that. It's a flip, but it's a legitimate reading. It's, it's such, folks, a, a powerful view of table fellowship. Again, where the table continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and that idea of like, that voice that, that in my head I'm constantly going back and forth to these voices and in this amazing way, like Jesus is just saying, look, you're just welcome here. You're just welcome here. I mean, one of the most distressing things I get told at times when people visit New Church Live, either online or in person, is they say, wow, I'm coming in, and just so you know, the walls might come down and I might be consumed by fire in the middle of the service. <laughs> and I just think, that's not how God works. Like, God's not... You know, it, it's, it's not, he just, he's just going like, welcome. Welcome. There's a table here. And I'm welcoming all of it. I think that's what Jesus would say. I'm welcoming all of it. It's interesting, again, when we look at our inner self and our outer self and our life, a, a basic kind of paradigm that we have is that deep down inside of us is this inner self. And that, that inner self, folks, is, is that part, when I say welcome, you're welcome here, that's that part of you just, you just know that that's what's true. 
The inner self, the inner self goes back to this idea that there's this, there's this deep inmost in all of us. I say it a lot, but I say it a lot because it's, because it's so incredibly important. There's this inmost in all of us, in all of you, and that part is already in heaven. It's an angel within. Can we lose track of that? Yes. Can we fall asleep to that? Yes. But that idea, folks, that there's this inmost, and it's not just an inmost of, of um, it's, not just, it's not just an inmost of warm fuzzies. Warm fuzzies are nice. And that is part of it, I think. But the inmost is this part of you, and it's, it's just, this is hard to get the right language around. It's the part of you that can really do the angelic thing. And a lot of that's courageous. I mean, there's no doubt there's some of you watching this here today who, who like that innermost act of courage was simply that you woke up this morning and you kept on going with your life. That inmost may as well, may, might as well be that, that place as well. It's, it's that principled part, that, that part that sort of knows what's right and what's wrong, that knows how to make a stand, that knows how to move forward, who, who knows how to say things when they need to say things. And, and a lot of the time when I hear people, when privileged to hear people talk about that part, they'll talk about, yeah, I found myself saying something and I, I don't even know where the words came from. Well, that's because they come from the inmost. This part that we don't see a whole lot. And I'm going to tell you folks, and again, we're going to come back to this a lot over this series. Just imagine that you're around people, or you can be around people who see that in you. Who see you for actually who God created you. You see that actually to that level. And we're going we're gonna to touch on that, all three parts of this series, because I think it's so incredibly important. Then we have the outer self. You know, in the outer self, it sort of, it, 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 it encapsulates this, but the outer self, it's, it's filled with stuff. And you could use a different word there, but, but it's used with stuff. Worries, concerns, anxieties, uh, financial things that you're all like, ah, you know, money story stuff. Uh, it's got destructive family tendencies in there. It's got all our compulsions in there. It's got our addictions in there. It's just like it's this whole thing. And, and addictions, folks, it may just, I mean, some people struggle with like an alcohol or a drug addiction or, or a particular one. A lot of the time, frankly, we can become, listen to this, right? We can become addicted to the thought patterns of the outer self. We can become addicted to worry. We can become addicted to fear. We can become addicted to any number of things. And, and the trick to know is like where, and, I, and this, is, this is, I think, a big battle of life, right? Like, I think for all of us, we, we it, it's, it's, I know there's an inner self, right? I, I know it's in all of us. But, but boy, I think so many of us struggle together because we constantly feel this, well, I want to be in this place, but... 
And oftentimes that but is encapsulated in the ways we say our life works. Yeah, I really want to be, I really want to be filled with joy. But my family's a complete disaster right now. Or but I married the wrong person. Or but I'm struggling with this area thing. And, and it's not that those things aren't true. Like the outer life does have legitimate concerns, but, but part of that, and again, we're going to come back to that, part of that is this movement is constantly this invitation. This movement is constantly this invitation. The noise of the outer self, always an invitation back to the inner self. And I think that's, again, why, why Jesus can, can welcome it all. What we're going to talk about, folks, I'm going to ask you to, to, to take a look at this, because I think it's a beautiful, beautiful concept here. What is the heaven in your heart? So if there's that inmost, which there is, and that inmost... It gets actuated by Hallmark movies. <laughs> it gets actuated by all kinds of things. It also has this connection to heaven. So what is the heaven in your heart? What is the heaven in your heart? And don't think of a place. I mean, a place can be heavenly, obviously. Like, yeah, heaven in my heart is the shore. Right? Terrific. I'm asking you, though, to think about it from, from a state of life. Like, yeah, heaven in my heart is this or this or this. What is it deeply in your heart where you really feel heaven there when you get back to that inmost? What we're going to do is we're going to give you 60 seconds. And what I'd love for you to do is to either put it in the chat or... If you don't want to put it in the chat, you can shoot me a text at 215-740-3662, and then we'll roll right into our middle song. And then when we come back, I'm going to use some of this as examples of, yeah, this is how I think it can work. So we'll see you after the song. Identify, look me in the eye, and ask for forgiveness. Make a pact and never speak that word again. Yes, you are my friend. We all have something that digs in us, at least we dig each other. So when weakness turns my ego up, I know you'll count on me from yesterday. If I turn into another, you dig me up from under what discovery. Other, but everything else is done. We all 
clever sickness that cleverly attaches and multiplies no matter how we try we all have someone who digs at us at least we dig each other so when sickness turns my ego up i know you like as a clever medicine if i turn into Church Live, this is Angela Cooper. I work here behind the scenes and I wanted to record this message to encourage you all to consider making a donation to support New Church Live. We rely on the generosity of this congregation to fuel everything that we do here. Um, and we want to encourage you all to consider making a donation. And the best way, the easiest way to make a donation, no matter how you attend New Church Live, whether you're watching live, whether you're watching online, a week from now, two weeks from now, a year from now, is to go online and make a donation to support New Church Live. And you can do that on our website. Um, there's a donate tab, or you can text the word New Church Live all one word, all lowercase to 77977, and a link will come on your phone and you can make a donation that way. And both places you can set up a reoccurring gift to happen regularly throughout the year, or you can make a one-time donation and it all goes to support all of the work it takes to run this church. So if you're viewing online, all of the resources to stream it to you live, um, the Sunday service to you know create and run and sustain the Sunday service, community service initiatives are supported by your generosity, pastoring work that Pastor Chuck does, and everything in between really is supported by you, our congregation. So we hope you will consider making a donation today to support this amazing church. And the second thing I want to mention to you is that we've set up an online calendar to schedule a meeting with Pastor Chuck. 
Um, we know that a lot of you like to meet with him if maybe you're going through a hard season in life and you need some pastoral support, or maybe you have some happy news, like you just had a baby or you're planning a wedding and you want him to officiate that service. Um, so if you go to our website, there's a link there to set up a meeting with Pastor Chuck um, in 15 minute increments, 30 minute increments or an hour. And you can set up that meeting and uh, meet with him and get some pastoral support. Um, and we hope you'll enjoy this feature and use it. I know that a lot of people really um, get a lot of support from Pastor Chuck and we wanted to make it as easy as possible. So again, you can go to our website for both things to make a donation or to set up a meeting with Pastor Chuck, or you can text us and make a donation that way. And we just so appreciate um, this amazing congregation and all the ways you guys show up and support this congregation. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Angie. So folks, it's, it's so beautiful, right? Like one of the things I love, you know, for those of you who don't know, I haven't been a pastor forever. You know, I actually, I, I've had some other jobs from, from electrician to, to public school teacher to private school teacher to administrator, school administrator. And, and, and so parts of the job still surprise me. And it always surprises me what people really know. And the responses you folks gave were just beautiful because I think that's kind of the miracle of spirituality. Is, is the miracle of a spiritual spirituality is that we're not sharing what we don't already know. We're actually sharing what we already do know. We just didn't necessarily have the words for it. And that makes it so beautiful to be able to share what you folks have. We got a lot of beautiful text messages from all over the place, which I'm going to share some of them with you uh, in, in, in condensed form. But I want us to look at what I'm about to share through this particular lens. The Lord within us rules our world from our heaven. So, so that idea that, that we each are connected in with a different heaven of sorts, a, a different place where we would say, like if, if I went around and I said, all right, I want you to tell me what's heavenly, I want you to tell me what's heavenly, so we'd share some things, but some of them would be very different. You know, I mean, just even simple ones. Do you go to the shore or do you go to the lake? The correct answer there is the lake, by the way. You know, and so we're going, no, the actually correct answer is the shore. You see, we, we just have these different things, but, but that's how God kind of leads us. Like God pours himself through that inmost. That's his connection with us. That's his working through our best intentions. So important. It's a whole sermon. I've preached on a bunch. Him working through our best intentions to try to move out there into life. And there's this outer self that creates a lot of noise, but the outer stuff is just always just an invitation back into the inner stuff. So let's take a look at, at how, this, how this might work. You know, I, I just jotted down some quick answers that people had here, you know, the heaven inside. And this is me doing a summary. The text messages were terrific. And again, even if you're watching later on in the week, you can still text me, text me these messages in because they're so fun to hear. Peace. The idea of heaven. Yeah, my heaven. It, it's one where I just, yeah, it's a sense of peace. The sense of home. Sent to home. One of my favorite words there. The sense of family. The sense of healing. Both feeling it and offering it. Goodwill. 
know, somebody commented about how heaven for them, and it's, and it's, it's like so good. They said, you know, heaven for me is, is, is when, I, when I can push the negative voices about other people aside. And here's the beautiful part. When we push the negative voices aside, goodwill is the default. Get rid of the bad stuff, because the good stuff is there. The idea of helping, a lot of people talked about, yeah, anytime I'm in service, anytime I'm helping other people, some per one person said trust. Yeah, this deep sense of trust. And somebody wrote just about their connection when they're out in nature kind of feeling some of these things. And connection. So, so if you think of that, folks, you think of that as being the inmost, that as being the inmost, and that's, those are, those are the pieces where God it's not just where God wants us to live, it's, it's where God is, is, is shaping our lives to live. Behold, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. I go to build one for you. I mean, that's what that is. That's that home. And, and, and of course, we get, we get caught up in all these other stuff, including, including, you know, and this is not a popular word to use, but, but including sin. Like, we, we do bad things to each other often. We don't treat each other kindly. We can be angry. We can be upset with other people. We can lie, cheat, and steal. All those things are true. But here, folks, I want you to listen to this carefully. Repentance is what allows this to be true. So I lose track. I lose my way. But God's economy welcomes it all. And God's economy says, all right, repentance. Repentance means, I say this a lot, but if you're hearing it for the first time, real important to file this away. Repentance literally means to change your mind. That's why Jesus was so big on the call to repentance. He's saying, look, change your mind. Don't deal with this stuff out here. Come back to this. Come back to this. Folks, think about that story of that banquet. Why was Jesus there? Why did he go? He could have hung out with very different people. But he chose to go there and connect with them because what I think he was saying with his actions is I'm inviting you home. I'm inviting you home. I know your lives have had, this is him speaking to tax collectors, right? I mean, they were considered the lowest of the low, not, not in the way we would see it today, and I hope no tax collector who's watching at home feels bad. It's, it's a totally different historical context. He's speaking to them, and he's not just speaking to them. He's living with them. It's this lived invitation to come home. to come back to who you truly are. 
I think maybe that's why, again, weddings and baptisms are so powerful. All of it is, yes, it has this forward-looking part, obviously, but it also has this invitation, this incredibly poignant invitation back home. Back home. Because our life holds both the outer self and it holds the inner self, and it's this invitation. Yep, there's our life out there that's always this mix. This invitation to keep on bringing it back to get it settled. We have to remember that one of the things that gets in the way is cynicism. Like um, this one, one podcast I was listening to, the man said, and I think, I think it's true, and it was a good mirror like to look at. Uh, he said, you know, I believe we are addicted to our contempt of others. But mm, <laughs> there's, there's some work there. Where are we all addicted to the contempt of other people? There's a conversation for the, for the afternoon. And, and we have to be able to look at what does your, our, my, what does, what does our inner cynic look like? Again, that, that cynical part of us that lives in the outer self, you know, what does it, what does it say to us all the time. What does your inner cynic say? And again, that's one you're more than welcome to text me or put a chat up in the chat comments. What does your inner cynic say? See, one of the, one of the challenges, I, I think, folks, is that, that our, our cynicism, and I, I would imagine, I, I imagine a lot of us have cynicism at least in a couple of areas. And, and I think with that, with that inner, inner cynic, the challenge with it is that it becomes an explanatory style. So here's my inmost, where I want to be, and, and here's the challenges of life, and here's this inmost where all of us want to be, and here are these challenges of life, one of which is this, is this box called cynicism. And when I, when I try to march my life through that cynical part, Things don't turn out terribly well. Isn't it always surprising, right? The number of times that, that, that we hold somebody with contempt or we're deeply cynical about a person or we're deeply cynical about a group of people. And the only problem with it is that it never quite matches up with the reality once we get to know that person. I am much bigger at holding someone in contempt from a distance than I am up close. I imagine many of us are the same. Because it's, 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 it's very rarely, folks, like when we just spend enough time together, when we spend enough time together, when we share, when we celebrate together, we just keep on doing that and doing that, that, that welcome, that home, it's hard for the cynic to stay alive. Because all of a sudden, we realize this is a person. And Jesus ate in a banquet with tax collectors and sinners. In other words, Jesus ate with you and me. And that beautiful welcome in all of that 
And I think that cynical part, that punitive part, I think Jesus is asking us actually to get rid of it. There's a line where Jesus says in Matthew 9, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. And I think, I think it's not literal. That's why like people who are real literalists, real fundamental literalists, like the Bible doesn't work that way. Jesus said this, and there's no record of anyone ever actually doing this. They knew he was talking poetically here. That look, if there's a part of your life that just isn't working, how about you drop it? And that can include fears, anxieties. Why don't you just drop it? Work at that. Work at dropping it. Because beautiful things can happen there. As we look at that and we look at how Jesus is working through this, I think I want to pull it back around as we close the service today to hold in our mind that table, to hold in our mind that inmost, in the fact we do get caught in the noise and Jesus is always inviting us back. And we see that with this idea of table fellowship. And, and, and can you hear, now Jesus doesn't use these words in this context. He uses them a bunch in the Bible. But, but can, you, can you hear Jesus? Like, like I imagine Jesus, and again, here I'm going to take some liberties with the Bible. I imagine, imagine Jesus, like he knows that these people are complaining, like, well, how can you eat with them? And how can you eat with him? And oh my goodness, her, how can you eat with her? And Jesus gently going, to that part of our brain that wants to make those sorts of judgments and gently saying, look, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Sacrifice, I want to start with that word. Sacrifice at that time, it doesn't mean sacrifice like we sacrifice for our family or we sacrifice for something. That's all good. Sacrifice here was talking about the whole legalistic system around religion. Was religious law. He's saying, I desire mercy. The Hebrew word there, womb-like mother love. I desire that kind of love not this kind of law. I desire this kind of love, not that kind of law. And that's where the Pharisees, I think, had gotten all tripped up. They were all into the law part. And again, like, it's so easy, right? So easy, so easy. You want to hold it out there. You're like, I know some people who do that. No, we do that. Anytime we enter a room and try to figure out who the sinners are, we're doing that. And that's not the message. The message is one that's so much more warm than that. You think about folks, like, like the, 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 the temple law was all about so you wouldn't upset God. And that's an, ancient, that's an ancient view of faith. That I have to do the right thing so that God's not upset. But this is far different. Mercy is about doing God's will. It's about that inmost really coming through. That inmost in all of you that was made in God's image and likeness. That truest of truest parts of you. The part that other people, for however many years you've been alive, 
That's that part people have fallen in love with. Because it's your true self. It's your true God gift. And as all gifts work spiritually, the job of that gift is to be opened in a way that serves. So, to close, think of table conversation. What's the conversation now? We start to see this, we start to see tables very differently. We start to see God very differently. We start to see each other very differently. I was having lunch with a, with a dear friend yesterday, you know, and we were talking about, about how, again, how challenging these times are. Again, these, these addictions that we carry towards contempt of other people that, that social media amplifies. Maybe we can amplify something a little different. To have me, to have you, to have us, maybe we can see that other part that wants to engage in that, that other part that feels drawn to it, and just see it for what it is and understand God. Now, God's asking us, yep, of course we're going to step into that. You'll all step into that part that's not so pretty. You'll all step into it probably within the next hour, at least once or twice. And can we hold that, not as like, you idiot, I can't believe, no, don't hold it that way. Hold it as this invitation back. Back into all this stuff. Because this is who you really want to be. This is who God really wants you to be. So think, what's the conversation now? Because folks, last word today. That other conversation, the one we're really talking about, it's a much better conversation to have. Amen. What we're going to do now, folks, is I'm going to offer a prayer, followed by the Our Father prayer, followed by a blessing, and then we'll have our last song. And again, just thrilled to have you folks joining us today from wherever you're joining us. We have the nice audience online, nice audience person. It's great to have all you folks here. And I want to warmly invite you next week. Next week, we're looking at, at how it deals with relationships uh, based, on a, based on a wonderful quote that a dear friend of mine uses all the time. He's a marriage counselor, and he says, you know, anytime I do marriage counseling, four people show up, only two of which are worth talking to. And next week, next week, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at, you know, for whatever relationships you're in. Like, how, how do we bring our best selves, like, more fully into relationship with those we love the most? So, please join me in prayer. Let's all start just with a big breath here. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for this invitation, Lord, as always, to the inmost, to the deepest parts of our soul, the deepest parts of our heart, the deepest parts of our gift. And help us, Lord, to find the courage and the conviction to speak from that place, to act from that place with deliberate choice, with courage, with strength, 
And Lord, when we get lost in the places in the wilderness of fears, anxiety, help us to just see that for this week just as an invitation back. And then Lord, from there, let us live into a place of fellowship. A place where the table gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Until maybe, Lord, maybe a time where no one isn't at the table. Maybe a time where all are welcome. And Lord, maybe this. Maybe a time when we're all home. And we are all home. Your prayer. Our Father who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen.
shine, let your little light shine for the world to see. Let your little light shine for the world to see. Hey, for the world to see. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.